Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. High Five Casino. High Five Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at highfivecasino.com. The hottest games right from Vegas and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at HighTheNumberFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino. Welcome to the show, friends, neighbors, ridiculous historians. My name is Ben. My name is Nolan. Ben, can I first start today by saying to you, thank you for being a friend. Travel down the road and back. You know this? Do you know this is ringing a bell? Yeah, I can actually play it on ukulele. You're a friend and a confidant. Yeah, you know, when I sing that to you, Ben, I sing that to the entire ridiculous history community at large, whether or not you're a member of... The Ridiculous Historians Facebook community. Right. Ridiculous Historians Facebook community, which we started along with a super producer, Casey Pegram, to whom uh, we dedicate my personal favorite sitcom theme song. From That's from the Golden Girls, it right? Is, that's right. And, uh, you know, also shout out to the Perfect Strangers theme song, which is great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, the Wings of My Dreams. Mm-hmm. Standing, Standing Tall. tall. So, Noel, I have a suspicion that uh, some of the ridiculous historians who said they appreciate your voice have inspired you to sing in every successive episode. Would you say that's no, going to happen? No, not, no, no, Ben, <laughs> now, no, 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 that's not fair. Uh, I do I do like to sing when moved, and I was moved to sing because I think that Golden Girls theme really sums up the theme of today's episode, mm-hmm. which is appreciating our amazing um, ridiculous historians on the page who have some pretty crackerjack ideas mm-hmm. that maybe don't warrant an entire episode into themselves, but are a lot of fun to talk about in kind of a clip show, little cut-up nugget format like we're going to do today. Right, because as we've said on this show before, uh, some of our best ideas have come from you, specifically you. So enough about us. What are your ideas for some fantastic episodes or instances of ridiculous people, places, or things throughout history, with our cutoff being, as you and I had discussed off-air, Noel, uh, the 90s. 93? (laughs) About 93. Yeah. Because of uh, Max the Gorilla. Max the Gorilla. So you and I went uh, went through this uh, amazing agglomeration of posts, and we found uh, some stories 
that really called out to us for one reason or another. And to you, Noel, I would like to, if, if you're okay with it, I want to put you on the spot, give you the, the honor of the first story. Well, Ben, that is very kind of you. And I'm going to start uh, today's show with a topic suggestion from Lori B. Should we, how, do we, how should we do this, Ben? Should we get full names? Let's Should... do let's do the initial. The, the, yeah, 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 that's good. Yeah, yeah that's good. Um, Lori B. She says, "Hi guys, just listened to the podcast about Lincoln's dog Fido. Poor Fido, man. Mm-hmm. He had a storied storied life. Mm-hmm. Ended up stabbed like a dog in the streets, and he was in fact a dog in the streets. Um, but I digress. She goes, "I'm amazed you aren't space geeks enough to know the first dog in space was Laika." L-A-I-K-A. L-A-I-K-A. I can only imagine how terrified she would have been sitting alone on that rocket being blasted into the unknown. And then she sent this really beautiful song um, by a group called Trent Muller. It's like an electronic uh, kind of, I think they're Swedish. I actually saw them perform live once. But the video has Laika the dog going through all the preparations of being shot up into space mm-hmm. and, like, mouthing the words to the song. It's it's really quite a beautiful and heartbreaking video. And it's heartbreaking for uh, a lot of reasons. First and foremost being it was understood by all concerned, at least that were close to this actual project, that Laika the dog, who would rocket into Earth's orbit mm-hmm. 2,000 miles into space, Mm-hmm. Was not. It was a suicide mission. Laika was not going to come back. Everybody knew this was acknowledged. Uh, the various medics and uh, even the trainer mm-hmm. of Laika, who who taught her the techniques. I don't want to call them tricks, but taught her the behaviors that she would need yeah. for this trip. Uh, even he knew that this goodbye was going to be goodbye forever. Yeah, I think uh, she she did reach orbit alive, right? She and, did reach orbit alive, and I believe she made it a couple of orbits right. before um, issues with the heat shield mm-hmm. caused the uh, compartment that Leica was was in to begin to reach temperatures upwards of 90 degrees, mm-hmm. which, as we know, dogs don't do well in those conditions. And because the, the Sputnik 2 mm-hmm. spacecraft was kind of tossed together pretty quickly because our buddy Nikita Khrushchev... Mm-hmm. insisted on a space flight to commemorate the 40th anniversary of the Bolshevik Revolution. As so, you do. Right. As you well, do. Yeah, and when, when Khrushchev <laughs> says jump or mm-hmm. make a spacecraft for a dog, mm-hmm. you do those things. And we have some of the details uh, from from this story. So Laika's launched into space on November 3rd, 5.30 in the morning in uh what did we say, 57? That's right. Just a couple years before the infamous Disney snubbing. <laughs> right, right. Are they related? Uh, she circled the Earth for a little more than 100 minutes, and 103 exactly. And what's strange about this is that, according to the story, after the flight, the official records were falsified. There was a cover-up. Absolutely there was a cover-up. And also, like, the public story was not the same as the story that the people involved in the project were were being told. They knew people involved in the project from the from the doctors, the veterinarians mm-hmm. that, that implanted um, Leica with uh, equipment that they could use to monitor the dog's heart rate because there was a functional reason for doing this. It wasn't just a, you know, space dog and pony show. It was literally to see how can how will a living creature 
um, react in these conditions. So mm-hmm. there were these like devices installed in the dog surgically right. so, so they could monitor the dog's heart rate and vitals and all this stuff. But everyone involved in every step of this knew that dog was a goner. But the public mm-hmm. – Maybe not. Maybe there was this like kind of uh, hope in the hearts of the public that maybe old Leica might return unscathed. Yeah, from a, the great beyond. A Pixar sort of story, a romanticization, and a propaganda piece, really. And to be fair, Leica was the first, but they had other dogs, right? They were training them through a process of elimination. That's right. We're getting a lot of this info from a fantastic Smithsonian article by mm. Alice George called "The Sad." Sad story of Laika the space dog and her one-way trip into orbit. But Ben, tell us more about this uh, cavalcade of of canines that was assembled here. Yeah, yeah. They started with a herd of female stray dogs, uh, the understanding being that the female dogs would tend to be smaller and allegedly more docile. And then as they were experimenting with these dogs, they were seeing which ones could best adapt to the conditions they could mimic on Earth that would be similar to the conditions the dog would encounter in space, assuming, of course, that the heat shield was not lost. Yeah, and I mean, to me, I don't know if I'm reading too much into this, but it feels like the hasty nature of the assembling of this uh, spacecraft may have led to some conditions that were not optimal in terms of function. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, absolutely. It's... First off, it's still, even in 2018, an insanely ambitious and complicated thing to put anything into space. I'm ready for Space Force. I don't know about you. You know, I initially thought Space Force was some cartoon from the 90s that it I probably missed. is. But yeah, I would sign up. We've talked about this before. I am 1 million percent in. I did the math. It's 1 million percent for a one-way trip to deep space. I think it's worth it. I don't know if I would make the like a decision, But also, when we go to the issue of morality here, what they're doing is saving, in their opinion, a human pilot. Sure. You know? Yeah. And it just, it stinks for us to look back on it now because who doesn't love dogs? Bad people. Monsters. Monsters. Ben, I do want to say, though, <laughs> yeah. I will miss you when you when you take your one-way trip to space. Uh, I'll have a live stream. I will, I will not be joining you. <laughs> are you going to do some vines from space? Ah, uh, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to depend on how far I can get and where the technology is at. Maybe I'll land on a planet and start a thing. A commune of some sort? A, like a space, space cult? Commune? Yeah. A okay. space cult. Okay. Yeah. Man, why not? Why not? I'm you can come visit. Um, I, I just want to have one, yeah. la- one last thing sure. here just to kind of point to the public perception of this whole thing. There's an article from 1957, November, mm-hmm. the New York Times. Headline says, recovery of dog called possible, right? Mm-hmm. Several U.S. experts agree, but Willie Lay says it can't be brought down alive. Several experts in the United States said yesterday that recovery of the dog from the Soviet satellite was within the realm of possibility. And they don't say alive, but... So what's the deal, Ben? Didn't the, didn't didn't it orbited, continued to orbit for some time, right? And then crashed, right? So the initial public story is that Leica could be recovered and that she died painlessly in orbit about a week after blastoff. As we've established, that was not true. The capsule that she was in stayed in orbit and circled the Earth 2,570 times before it burned up in the Earth's atmosphere on the 4th of April in 1958. That comes from 
great BBC article by David Whitehouse called First Dog in Space Died Within Hours. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, and that's the part they falsified, I believe, Ben, was right. how quickly the dog died, mm-hmm. under what conditions. Because in the Smithsonian article, it said their hope was mm-hmm. that he would die peacefully from oxygen deprivation pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but what actually ended up happening was probably a lot more unpleasant for for Laika. Yes, but gave her a tremendously vital uh, place in the story of space exploration. Absolutely. She has a, le- a legacy that's even larger than Lassie's, if I'm being paid by the alliterative L. Holy cowsers, right. Ben. That was uh, alliteratively <laughs> uh, delightful. Um, yeah, she got a postage <clears throat> stamp. There's a statue, a memorial statue of Laika um, mm-hmm. on top of a rocket at a yeah. research facility in Moscow. And yeah, and that was unveiled in 2015 mm-hmm. in Moscow, according to the Smithsonian article. So let's all collectively thank Laika the Space Dog for helping us learn a little bit more about the universe that surrounds us. Let's also travel. I've got a I've got a different story here uh, that's that's wild. I think we could use a fun one. Are, are you in? Yeah. Okay. After so, that one, there's a bit of a yeah. There's some hope there, it's but it's it's, a, it, it's bittersweet. That's it's right. It's like a Nina Simone song. Exactly. So so. Uh, We'd like to extend a big thanks to Brandon M. Uh, Brandon M. sent us something that he had found via Reddit, and it is the story of how the famous actor uh, and the guy who plays the mayor on Family Guy, Adam West, uh, was kicked out of an orgy while pretending to be Batman. Hey, first off, I, I have to, I've got to semantically argue here. He was Batman. He wasn't, there's no pretending. He was a Batman. He is the original Batman. He's the original Batman for you? I don't know. <laughs> he's definitely the swingingest Batman. He is. He's always at a soiree. Yeah. Have you seen that clip where he's like 60s dancing and just yeah. like cutting a rug? And as we learned, after that show ended, the behind-the-scenes adventures and misadventures were even more outrageous than the stuff they put to film. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there's <laughs> there's some quotes from his biography that are honestly probably not fit for this show, and we're pretty fast and loose with this stuff. So according to an interview that Adam West had with Blaster in 2014, he and his pal Frank Gorshin, the guy who played the Riddler, <laughs> decided to go to a Hollywood party, but they didn't know anything about what was happening at the party. And when they walked in, they saw a ton of people getting incredibly and cooperatively intimate. Yes. Very Caligular. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And from his, we have a quote from him where he says, So I immediately went into the Batman character and Frank went into the Riddler character because we were getting the big giggles. The big gigs. It was so funny to us what we walked into and we were kicked out. We were expelled from the orgy. So let's point out here that the first thing Adam West and this Frank Gorshin guy do when they walk in on this cavalcade of fleshly pursuits, they say, you know what? We got to get in costume. And then try to get in on this, and uh, they were not, they they were not treated with perhaps the respect that they felt they were due. The story would have disappeared if it wasn't for Gilbert Gottfried, who mm. mentioned it when he was talking about his own podcast. Do you know that he has a podcast? I was just, you know, I was the first I've heard of it, but I, I 
that's could I take a whole podcast in that voice? I don't know. Gilbert Godfrey's amazing colossal podcast. Shoudini. <laughs> so yeah. hard to put on your shoes. The aristocrats. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. His, he had one of the filthiest versions of that joke in the movie, didn't he? Did I, am I making that up? He had one of the filthiest versions. Who yeah. had, you know who had the filthiest though? Uh who was it? Was it, it matter of opinion? Uh, well, I think I know I think it's pretty objectively the case. Uh in uh, the the filthiest version of the joke, which the long would you call it a shaggy dog story, right? Yeah. Isn't that kind of what that is? Yeah. Where it's like a big old setup, a big old setup, and then a sort of very let down punchline. And we're talking about we're talking about a film called The Aristocrats, right. which traces yes. the evolution. This is a comics joke for other comics. Exactly. Yeah. But the guy that the guy that played the dad on um um Oh, Full House. Bob Saget. Bob Saget. Oh, yeah, who yeah, Who is yeah. notoriously <laughs> lechery and weird and pervy in his uh, comedy. I uh, saw a stand-up set of his that blew my mind. Mm. His first, like, four minutes or something were about cocaine. Mm-hmm. And I had only known him as the kind of square but affable dad That's at right. Full House. Of course, yeah. <laughs> so I looked into some more... Behind the scenes stuff. Uh, oh, first off, first off, uh, thank you, Brandon. Uh, and thanks for sending this article from The Decider uh, by Kayla Cobb. Adam West was once kicked out of an orgy while pretending to be Batman. True story. But I, when I was looking behind the scenes, he wasn't the only weird guy. Now, Batman, or Adam West, rather, has sort of this, this Austin Powers vibe, almost, you know, of sure. that time. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's weird, it's a little sleazy, but he's fun. He's being campy. Burt Ward, the guy who played Robin. Holy Roman Orgy's Batman. (laughs) Was absolutely uh, at least just as strange because he wrote an autobiography called Boy Wonder, My Life in Tights. And he spent a lot of time talking about his uh, sexual adventures Mm. because he was Robin. And he described himself as a sexual vampire who had superhero sex with young fans. So, he, so it's likely he kept the costume on, too. I think so. From time to time. And it's weird because this iteration of Batman, despite being so iconic, only ran for three seasons. I'm just saying, look, if you see someone dressed as Robin from Batman, or heck, Batman, if you see someone dressed that way and they're coming toward you and it's not Halloween or Dragon Con or a convention of some sort, Word to the wise. Watch out. Did I ever tell you about the time I was in a New York subway station and I heard this ruckus, this fracas in the distance, and it was clearly uh, a man and a woman, young man and woman, having a big argument because the the woman had just broken up with the man. And Mm -hmm. it's just this whole just chaotic, you know, they're shouting at each other. He's walking after her, and I'm kind of trying to mind my own business. And then I look and notice that he is wearing a full Spider-Man costume and <laughs> just, like, reading her the riot act and, like, yeah. to the point where people in the subway station are like, are you okay? Mm-hmm. But the whole Spider-Man costume, it just sort of added a layer of absurdity to the whole thing. I love it. I'm picturing the guy going, you never believed in my art, Karen. Never. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I have a feeling, based on where we were, he may have been one of those Times Square oh, superhero yeah. uh, uh, costume guys. We yeah. could do, I, I would love to do something on 
just that culture of people who are mascots in Times Square. But that's a story for another day. Can Joel I say Joel. one thing about yeah. the Adam West thing? Yeah, yeah, please. Uh, just the, there's a couple comments here that I think are appropriate. Uh, one is from Jerry M. that says, this is hilarious. I love that his reaction to an awkward situation was mm-hmm. to one-up the awkwardness to the point that he was actually made to leave. And that's what I think is the funny part of the story, too. It's like they happened upon this scenario. I don't know that they were expecting it or that they were there for that. Right. Like, as I had said, they just knew there was a party. They had no idea what was going on. Yeah. And then Chad M says, good luck making a family friendly show about this one. (laughs) (laughs) To that we say. There you go, Chad. Yeah, here it is. There it is. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Mint Mobile. Ben, my favorite spring cleaning takeaway is that post-clean clarity that you get where you're like, wow, how have I been living like this? Yeah, it's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless and Mint Mobile has phone plans for just $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Y'all, it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for 15 bucks a month. And use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. That's mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower, above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. High Five Casino. High Five Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at highfivecasino.com. The hottest games right from Vegas and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at highfivecasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at high5thenumber5casino.com. High Five Casino. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. We have more on the way. Noel, I'm going to ping pong this back to you. What really moved you next from Ridiculous Historians? Yeah, this one comes from Rick W., uh, a new member, um, and he says this. He says, back in grad school in Kansas, we encountered many very bizarre stories about how cities became county seats. This often involved a raid to a neighboring town to steal the records and or burn the town or the courthouse. Um, Of particular interest is Finney County, which combined with Gray County to raid, subsume, and eliminate Garfield County completely. And yes, I did graduate. <laughs> Edit, uh, if you look at the Kansas counties on a map, Finney, originally called Buffalo County, has an L shape where it's pretty obvious something happened. Um, and then there's a really great conversation uh, thread, one of which had an article posted by Steve M. called The Legend 
of Joe Roulette, the most interesting Ooh. man in Minnesota history. And this involves a similar dispute um, about moving the capital of the state from St. Paul to a little about 75 miles southwest along the Minnesota River, a town called St. Peter. Yes, yeah. And uh, a big reason for this was that one of the judges, I believe, that was involved in, like, ratifying this or really pushing this forward owned a lot of land in St. Peter. And the idea was that people that lived in St. Peter, Mm. farmers and such, wanted to be more centrally located to the county seat or the, right? Right, right. Uh, There's a lot of land speculation. So this guy... Willis Gorman. He's the governor, not a judge. Excuse me. Yes. He's, he's, he's into the idea of moving the capital to St. Peter because he just happened to own a fair chunk of land there. Apostle, you say? <laughs> Apostle of land? That's that right. Is an accurate Minnesota accent. I, I know. I've yeah. been there. That's how they all talk. Um, but yeah, he had skin in the game, literally, mm. land in the game. And he was part of the faction. Uh, that was supportive of moving this county seat to St. Peter. There was also an equally, what's the word I'm looking for, Ben, uh, riled up faction mm-hmm. that that was totally against it, wanted to keep things right as they were. So a bill was drafted, mm-hmm. and it was handed to an organization or an official body called the Enrolled Bills Committee, yep, yep. of which there was a chairman. Mm-hmm. A chairman named Joe Roulette. This was in 1857. Now, he wasn't technically from Minnesota as we know it today, right? He was about a 16-day dog sled ride from St. Paul. Which was basically Canada? <laughs> Pretty much. They yeah. called it Pem- Pembina, Pembina mm-hmm. at the time. Um, no, it's not can- not quite Canada. It's, it's border, last stop, borderline like, Canada. Yeah, it's exactly. almost Canada. Can you describe this fellow for us, Ben? He is uh, something to behold. Oh, sure, sure. He um, let's uh, let's let's double team this one because this guy is a fantastic portrait that we see in this article by Steve Newman. He is dressed partially in the fashion of Native Americans. Yeah, you know? but also partially in the fashion of like the founding fathers. Mm-hmm. It looks like he's got like a velvet kind of velveteen coat with fur rimmed sleeves. Yeah. And then the Native American ass. And he also has a cravat kind of thing around his neck. Right. And he appears to be wearing moccasins, uh, to be wearing like deerskin breeches. Yeah. Yeah. Deerskin breeches uh, with some decorative stuff on his belt. Yeah. He grew up pretty wealthy, actually. Mm-hmm. His dad was uh, a higher up in the American Fur Company, so he was educated out in private schools back east. He married a woman who was partially Native American, started a family, and then started building commerce from the far northwestern part of what would become the state into St. Paul itself. Right. And he very much loved dressing like the stereotypical image of a fur trader, buckskin pants, frock coat. He would go over super well at Coachella, you know, with these uh, these, yeah. these Native American pants. Oh, and, boy. And I'm, I'm don't get me started. Oh, no, I don't want to. <laughs> so, so what about what, what we now we have his backstory. We what have his backstory. Um, basically, so he's the chair. He gets the bill physically, the document in hand, and then he he ghosts. He ghosts, Ben. This <laughs> yeah. is like an early example of ghosting. He They refer to it as uh, his 123 hours um, on the lamb. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's 
kind of become part of Minnesota history, right? Because he just totally disappeared. Everyone's searching for him. He has the document. And in my mind, I'm like, why do they need him? Why can't they just push it through without him? Um, But apparently it held up the electoral process so much that it kind of died? What was your interpretation of this, Ben? So he was gone for about 123 hours, Noel. He was he was on the lamb. He was on the buckskin. And he, I think, as we may have established earlier, he was part of the team that absolutely wanted the Capitol to stay in St. Paul. And legend has it that this vanishing act actually did prevent the Capitol being moved because the bill never got there. But the problem is there's no there's no definitive account of what he actually did and the processes that occur legislatively to keep the Capitol in St. Paul are much drier. It's romanticizing it for us to say all the guy had to do was steal the bill. And my Tennessee was almost coming out steal the bill mm-hmm. and uh, run away to grind the actions of governance to a halt. It's much more interesting to try to figure out what he did during those 123 hours. We don't, we don't really know. We have some guesses. Yep. What do you, uh, you want to break it down for us, Noel? Well, we could, we could, we could tag team it. Um, yeah. So there's alleged things that he may have used to occupy his time uh, during this 123 hours um, was that he was hiding out in a brothel mm-hmm. um, or that he went on kind of like a John Lennon lost weekend kind of bender. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people were, will tell you that the bill itself was hidden in a bank while he was on this crazy carousing adventure. Also, the people of St. Paul, especially people who should have been looking for him, did a great job not finding him. So it's quite possible that maybe the authorities saw him unofficially and then just decided it never happened. But we don't know. It's lost to history. Well, there's even a story here that there that a sergeant at arms who was tasked with, like, tracking down this runaway lawmaker um, actually knew exactly where he was and went and hung out with him and played cards. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, there's this sense that, like, obviously this the St. Paul lights did not want this to go down. But the, Why would you, though? You, Why exactly. would you move it? Yeah, no, well, because exactly, it's kind of a crooked situation here yeah. with this governor. But it turns out, too, that while it's a really good story, this guy's move didn't necessarily all in and of itself keep this from happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, it's it's kind of a publicity stunt, or it feels like it. It definitely hampered the process, but that alone could not, as you said earlier, could not have prevented the actual legislative action. Someone could just write down another bill. Yeah, and in this article in The Growler, which is a great mm-hmm. name for a magazine, um, they just say that, like, the way history goes is that the sexier story is a lot more fun and the real story of what legislative machinations kept this county seat from being moved are a lot less interesting. So we go with the the quirkier story. Yes, always. We will we will be honest. That's when certainly it what is, we do here on Ridiculous yeah, History. <laughs> we will be honest when it is an alleged story or a, or a uh, legend itself, but we want to get to the fun stuff. Speaking of disappearances, I found one that was uh, that was fascinating. Lori J, you sent us uh, a, a post that opens with this great line. I feel like 
Florida could probably have 50 episodes of Ridiculous History devoted to it, and there would still be content left over for the show. I think Gibson Town might make a good episode. Gibson Town, you see, we're speaking of disappearances. Uh, Gibson Town has a very special place in uh, a specific community or culture here in the United States. So carnies, circus workers, spend most of their career traveling extensively around the U.S. And one part of a lot of circuses for a long time had been people who performed you know, strange acts like biting the heads off chickens or people who had some sort of perceivable physical difference, right? Wasn't that a geek? Didn't the geek bite the head off the chickens? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, they would be called the geek, sometimes billed as like a wild man uh-huh. of so-and-so. Yeah. And then you would have the world's strongest man, people who maybe were very short or very skinny, uh, someone who was a woman but had a beard, those sorts of things. And these people probably don't want to have, you know, if you if your job is to be stared at and in some cases reviled by publics in, in small towns across the states, where do you go when you need a break? Other than, you know, of course, cheers. I would, oh, man, <laughs> man, where it's full circle so, in it. So they would go to Gibsontown, Florida, just south of Tampa, and that is where they would spend the winter. They would be in a place where they could live a normal life. They could go to the post office. They could check out the theater. There was a special counter at the post office just for uh, people who uh, were height challenged. You know what I mean? And for people who didn't quite fit in elsewhere, this place, sometimes called Gibtown for short, was a utopia. There's a great article on The Guardian by Kim Wall and Katerina Clarice that examines how life was here. There was a campsite, a bake shop, a fire department. The beer hall had custom-built chairs for the fat ladies and the world's, the various versions of the world's tallest man, <laughs> of which there were several. Uh, they were allowed to keep their exotic animals, their lions and tigers and bears, in the neighborhood with them. And the town had, at its peak, almost 15,000 residents. And it became known as the industry capital of the circus world. They called it Carney Town. It was a place for everyone to escape being stared at, you know. So this place existed as almost a a um, a society on its own, you know. Yeah, like Carnival. You seen the show Carnival? Oh yeah, multiple times. Fabulous show. I, I know the spoilers for the season they never made. What? I'll send them to you off air. How could you know this? I go down rabbit holes. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. But yeah, Carnival is an excellent example because, of course, you become kind of insular when you're in a, such a us versus them environment, right? And now the population has entered a resurgence. It's around 14,234 people after it had previously dropped below 9,000. It was hit weirdly by the, you know, the decline of the American circus. Because think about it, right? Before we had internet and endless entertainment at our fingertips, these traveling shows were the biggest events in town. 
one thing I love about the carnival is um, the the lingo. Like you got the rubes, you got the rousties. The rousties are the carny dudes that like build the the rides and all that. The roustabouts or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, learned a lot of that cool um, vernacular stuff from from watching that show. So, uh, man, this is such a good one, Ben. I almost it's almost a shame we got to we got to kind of hit it quick. Maybe we come back and do more of a a deep dive history of, of, of the Carney scene in another episode. We absolutely could. There's so many more things we could say about it. What is inspiring about this, and one of the reasons I really appreciate you sending this, Lori, is that it makes me think of how many other towns exist within the U.S., but almost culturally separate. You know what I mean? Like, uh, there, there are always going to be some religious towns, sure, uh, but there may be things that are just for a specific trade. What if what if somewhere out there there is a town that is entirely populated by bank robbers who got away? Wouldn't that be cool? I'm going to write it. I'm j- I'll just write this That's story. Why, well, you, oh, you made this up. <laughs> I, wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, well, or sort of like, you know, like a prison colony in, in, in like Australia or something, right? Oh, yeah, that could happen. I, hopefully, in my head, these bank robbers got away successfully. But, yes. We have agreed, and we hope you agree too, we have a visit to Gibson Town in our future. The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. I won! Yahoo! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sort. High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone, goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again! Platoon, present cell phone. High Five. High Five. Casino. Casino. Win at highfivecasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This Father's Day, shop at the Home Depot to find the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. He's the weed-fighting, hedge-trimming, leaf-blowing lord of the lawn. He sees the job, and he gets it done. Because your dad is a doer. So show him you appreciate everything he does with the tools he needs to power up his landscaping game. This Father's Day, give him the convenience and gas-like power of innovative and durable Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything Dad does, everything he is, and everything he can be, find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. Well, Noel, old friend, it looks like we have a bit of sad news. You know that what that sound cue Casey, Casey presumably just threw in here means, right? What is it? Was it the sad trombone? It means we are 
we are running up on time and isn't time kind of a, a an ephemeral thing in the podcast space does anybody really know what time it is yeah well it's does it's anybody it's 1157 really a.m that's what my my laptop says don't let big clock run your life man it's the uh what do they call it the <laughs> um, the atomic clock right everything's synced up to this mystical atomic Wh- clock which itself is a fantastic idea for a story <gasps> the creation of that thing okay yeah no here's the thing about shows like this ben we we, ha- we come in with the best intentions <laughs> right of like hitting all these like we're gonna give you this these this like amazing clip Ooh. show one after the other boom 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 you know first do you really even want that i don't know if you want that do you want us to just mention headlines no. and then and then move on so we didn't get to all the stories that we had individually picked out right. off air, which I think is a great problem to have. We'd like to do an episode like this later on in the future, and we need your help to do so. We really do. Um, if you are digging the whole idea of being a part of this online community, which we are huge fans of, Obviously. you can join the Ridiculous Historians on Facebook. Um, or if you just want to send us something directly, uh, we're totally into that too. We didn't do any emails on today's show. Mm-hmm. Um, but we certainly will in the future. And we have more updates to share. There's so many great stories we didn't get to. Uh, we actually, you know, we're we're pretty cool, hip, happening guys. Uh, two wild and crazy guys. But we also spend time reading this stuff just for fun. So we really appreciate everybody who took the time to share an interesting story with us and with your fellow Ridiculous Historians. You can also find us on Instagram. You can find us on Twitter. Uh, You can email us directly. We are ridiculous at HowStuffWorks.com. That's the one. That's the one. Good, good. And uh, for people who had written to us to ask about the Quister, I don't know. We checked the studio earlier today. I haven't seen him. He might be under a table. Yeah, he also, you know, I don't know if you know this about him, Ben, but he has uh, what I like to refer to as the quiz lair, um, where he has a closet with about 10 of the same outfit just laid out, like with let, let labeled, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, because, he, you know, every day he's quizzing. It's not just us. He's, he's got other podcast hosts that he torments as well. I've seen him on the street yeah. just pulling people for a quiz fix. Holy cow, man, quiz fix. I think he's I got think, a quiz I, fix. I think I, well, I, think I smell a spinoff. <laughs> let's, let's hear from you. Let us know what you think. Oh, and thank you as well, of course, to super producer Casey Pegram, friends and neighbors. Where would we be without him? Thanks to Alex Williams, who composed our intro track. And most importantly, thanks to you. Thank you for being a friend, all of you, traveling down that ridiculous road with us, you know, and back again, Um, and and being our friend and confidant. Uh, And we'll see you next time for another episode of Ridiculous History. Goodbye. Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. The following is a high-five moment from HighFiveCasino.com. 
I won! Yahoo! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sort. High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone. Goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again. Platoon, present cell phone. High Five. High Five. Casino. Casino. Win at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash covers your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized, soft and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin and glow with confidence, all pride. For the third year, Olay Body is a proud sponsor of iHeartRadio and PNG's Can't Cancel Pride and supporter of the LGBTQ plus community. So this pride glow with confidence, not just all month, but all year long. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer.